0: welcome to the impact church podcast we're in our series King of hearts today we're going to learn about a heart that is resilient a heart that you know keeps on time and time again bouncing back after incredible adversity here david is probably on one of the worst days of his life but here's how you can turn this circumstance around you're going to hear how in this situation God tells him you need to pursue you're going to overtake and you will not fail to recover all so if you're in a difficult place come on learn now how to transition from that difficult spot to a place where david days later was anointed the king of judah so don't miss your turnaround because your resilience is weak so come on let's get into the word it's be a good day i mean it's been a good day already but but something's gonna shift for you something's happening something creative something wonderful well, we're talking about isaiah or sorry first samuel chapter 30 And I love this chapter, and part of this chapter is uh, a fabulous phrase. You see, he asked the Lord, you know, if I pursue them, you know, or should I pursue them? And the Lord said, pursue them, you will overcome them, and without fail, you will recover all. I love that phrase, don't you? You should pursue them, you will overcome them, and without fail, without fail, you will recover all. Without fail, you will recover all. Now, I know, I know that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I'll tell you, I know this, Jesus came, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Yeah, that's true. Did he come? He absolutely did. Are all his promises yes and amen? They absolutely are. They're yes and amen, not in my good works or in my striving or, or my qualification, but they are yes and amen in Christ Jesus where he himself has planted me. He has established me. He has encristed me forever. He has grafted me in through his precious blood. I am one flesh with God himself. And because of that, every single one of his promises are yes. And what do I say to that? Amen in Christ Jesus. There's things that you need to pursue and you will surely overtake them. And these things without fail will be recovered. And God's going to touch things today. He's going to do miracles in lives today where you might even be afraid to hope for that because it would break your heart. The word is without fail, you will recover all. God's going to do something big in lives today. I know it. I absolutely know it. And so I love the life of David, it's so raw, it's so honest, it's, it's so open. And so here's David, it's David now. We step into 1 Samuel 30, you can put your finger there, you can read there if you brought a Bible. Who actually brings a, a hardcover Bible to church? Some people, good for you, hey, eh? come on. And we used to hand Bibles out for people who didn't have them, because the Word of God's a big deal. But You know, put your, get your iPhone or whatever and go to 1 Samuel 30 because we're going to look at that whole chapter today uh, piece by piece. But David's 29 years old now. Uh, he was anointed to be king when he was a teenager. He, he killed Saul or killed the Goliath when he was a young, young man. So now he's been running around the desert chased by Saul probably for seven to ten years at least. So he's been running for his life. He's just trying to stay alive, staying alive, huh, 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 staying alive. It's just every day. I mean, this wasn't a little trial. This wasn't like a, a little difficulty. This wasn't like he was in the cave for a weekend, weekend or something. This is, this is years and years and years. But David, you know, he turned a broken community into an army. And he's there living as a as a, a lord over a community in in Philistine territory. He's living in where the enemies are, and the enemies of the Lord, the Philistines, decided that we're going to go attack Israel. And so David was going to go along with them. And David's like, "Well, this is awkward, but uh, this is weird that I'm going to go. I'm going to attack my own people. This is strange." But he's walking along with them, and then one of the warlords turned around. And he said, "You know that David guy? He's got." blood relatives and things over there, he's, he, he's an Israelite, how about we send him home just in case he changes his mind in the middle of the battle, because he's got some fierce warriors with him, and we, so they said, you know what, David, we're going to let you sit this one out, why don't you go away, and they didn't even know, but David had been raiding their towns and pillaging their cities and taking their stuff Uh, So here's David. It's a kind of a place of real weirdness, real conflict, real contradiction that he's walking in for years. He's anointed to be king. He experienced the joy of that. He married the king's daughter. The king's son is his best friend. He's leading the armies of Israel, and then Saul kicks him out and makes him the most wanted person in all of Israel. And for years and years and years he spent running for his life in a, in a, a seeming contradiction. I'm anointed to be king, and here I am running for my life every day so you know between bethlehem and jerusalem there's a place called in between between the promise and the manifestation there's that that awkward strange place where you're believing god but you're not seeing any evidence manifest in your life of the things he's poured in your heart anybody ever been there some of you're probably there right now if you're not there yet you will be unless you're not believing for nothing but you know, we're believing God. Sometimes you're in that space between, and that's where David was. Luke 8:15, it says, But the seed that falls on good soil stands for those who with a noble and a good heart. We're talking about the heart, the king of hearts. We're talking about hearts. It says the seed that, that falls on a good and noble heart are those who hear the word. I heard the word of God, I heard the promise, I heard the declaration. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I heard the word faith erupted in my heart and then i had to retain the word it says they retain it and then by persevering they produce a harvest so when the word comes you got to hear it you got to press it deep down in your believer you got to retain it in your believer your heart is your believing mechanism believe with your heart and confess with your mouth unto manifestation you believe it in your heart but then you got to pierce persevere over that word you got to persevere you got to stay with it i'm going to lay hold of that promise I will see due season will come to me because I'm not going to quit and today I'm expecting miracles in your hearts and lives and I'm expecting things to break open and see you God is going to pour his own hope in your heart his own joy in your life and you're going to believe for things today and God's going to perform miracles for you resilience this is the word it's the heart of resilience god loves a heart of resilience last week we talked about a heart of patience but the word resilience means the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties resilience means you are tough i am just straight up tough i'm not going to be moved i love what the apostle paul said none of these things move me He's just straight up tough. Resilience. The capacity to bounce back quickly. The capacity to just respond when it seems like nothing is an expression. And you've had defeat after defeat after defeat. But you know what? You're resilient because you're never going to quit. Because all those promises are? Hallelujah. So we believe that. I got a, a deformed... That's not good I'll put that over here oh thank you brother praise the Lord I'll let you have that one good trade (laughs) the capacity to withstand and recover quickly from spilt water I'm not gonna cry over spilt water Hallelujah Thomas Edison I love Thomas Edison the story of his life he invented so many things Thomas Edison he said our greatest weakness lies in giving up the most certain way to succeed is to always just try one more time try one more time he had a uh, he had a two-story building where his shop and his his uh, place where he did all those creative things and eventually were on the second floor and one day a friend came and visited and he saw that there was a mound of stuff piled up outside the window it was so high it almost reached the second floor and he came in and he said Thomas what's what's the deal with all that stuff out the window he said that's a thousand ways that you cannot make a light bulb That's a thousand ways that you cannot make a light bulb. But he kept going, he kept going, he kept going, and he created the light bulb. He created so many things. He was just an amazing discoverer. But there was one time when uh, he was working on a storage battery. He was also working on film and had all kinds of celluloid and things that were highly, highly flammable. But sure enough, something happened, and the whole place, poof, it went up on fire. And I mean, the fire spread so fast because of all the products that he had there. And bam, it was boom, 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 boom. His whole shop, everything he had was up in flames. And his son Charles saw it, and he came over, and he's running around trying to find his dad. Dad, what's going on? He said, Dad, Dad, are you okay? He says, Charles, where's your mother? What do you mean, where's my mother? Where's your mother? There's never, ever going to be a fire like this one. This is a lifetime thing. She's got to see it. I mean, he said, you know what, it's, everything's going up in flames, but I'll tell you what, I know what's over there, it's going to be an amazing fire, everybody should see it. And you know, he said, he said, here's what he said, he said, there's great value in disaster. There's great value in disaster, all our mistakes are burned up, thank God we can start anew. Thank God we can start anew. Three weeks after that, he developed the phonograph. I mean, the guy just kept on going. There was nothing. Even though he lost everything in a massive fire, it was all burned up, was gone. Winston Churchill, I love Winston Churchill. Here's what he said He said, If you're going through hell, keep going. Just keep going. I've had people come, Pastor, I'm going through something. I said, Well, get through it. Get through it. Keep going. Keep going. Sometimes, man, that's. That's all I got is keep going because you know what? There is due season for you and God is faithful to his promises. And you know what? You're going to realize that David year after year after year anointed to be king and he he took these deaded, discontented... uh, disappointed people and he brought them around him and he turned them into an army of god and david made the most out of the situation he was in but he wasn't close to experiencing what god had promised over his life when he was a teenager in first samuel chapter 30 verse 1 it says now it happened now it happened david had marched off with the philistines they told him head on home so they marched home they'd marched All that way, then they were told to go home, so they marched all the way back, and they come over the horizon, and they're coming to a place called Ziklag. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, I love the third day, big things happen on the third day, resurrections, dead things come back to life. On the third day, it was that the Amalekites, say Amalekites, who was Saul supposed to go and destroy? The Amalekites, Um, amalek in in moses time amalek was always attacking when people would stay behind and people would straggle when people you know fell out of relationship with with the camp and they said we'll catch up with them tomorrow the amalekites attacked everybody on the fringe don't stay on the fringe because when the fire fell it fell on the fringe don't be on the fringe press in Fire falls on the fringe and the Amalekites always attacked the fringe and the people who fell out and fell behind. But God said, I am angry with Amalek. He also said, I'll be at war with Amalek for every generation. But Saul was told, let's deal with Amalek once and for all. Let's get rid of Amalek. But Saul didn't do it. And sure enough, here's David and all these people still dealing with Amalek because of Saul's disobedience. Amalek was also, Herod the Great was from Amalek. It says Herod the Great was the, the, the uh, descendant of Agag. He was an Agagite. And who was Agag? Agag was the king of Amalek that Saul let live. And later on, the descendants of Esau, Esther, when they had to deal with the with tax at Esther's time, it was descendants of Agag. All through, Amalek will war against you for every generation. And Amalek is a type of the flesh. And your flesh is screaming, don't hope again, don't believe again, don't do it. The flesh wants the easy way, but the Spirit is going to rise in you to believe for something big today. The Spirit will always attack and try to rob you from the promise of God. Amalek, they were in Ziklag. They had invaded in the south at Ziklag. The Amalites invaded the south and they came and they attacked and they burned it with fire. Ziklag Here's what ziklag means. It means winding. It means applying pressure to expose what's contained inside, to smelt or to squeeze. And when you're in Amalek, when you're in that place of in-between, there's times where you feel the squeeze, you feel the pressure, you feel the difficulty, but it's not there to break you. It's to bring you to a place where what is in you, a deposit of God's faith, a spirit of faith, where you prophesy over your future. That's what's being squeezed out of you, is words that will shape your destiny. And David's here at Ziklag, the place between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, the place between the promise and the manifestation. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 4 says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more strength they had no more power to weep they've been marching for days they've marched back they see everything they have their families their children their future everything's been burned with fire they don't know where it is it's gone forever as far as they understand and here they are they wept now until they had no more strength so here's a whole and this is this is like if you ever watched the show 300 did you ever watch that I mean, this is not. This is warriors. These are trained fighters. These are full-grown men. And they're just sobbing. They're falling on their face. They're broken. They go, ah! They wept. They didn't just shed a few tears. They wept until they had no more strength. These guys are broken. They're busted. They're defeated. They're at Ziklag. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Verse 6, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Now, David was greatly distressed. Another translation says, David was distressed. And then it gets worse. David weeps till he has no more strength. He's broken. He's lost everything. It says, and it gets worse. It says, then the people spoke of stoning him. When you guys came to me, you were broken, miserable, had nothing, in debt, distressed, and together we forged a community of incredible warriors. We've been prospering and moving ahead, and now these guys are like, you know what? Maybe following this David is stupid. Maybe maybe following, look what's going on now. We've been running in the desert from Saul for our lives, and, and I mean, things just seem to get better, but now look, we've lost everything. Let's kill David. His own guys were like, you know what we're going to do? We are so annoyed. We are so frustrated. Let's stone David. Yeah, that's a good way to get out my frustrations. Let's blame somebody else for the pain I'm going through. So David then said, how dare you talk like that, you bunch of losers? I should pull out my sword and spite all of you. But there's 600 of you, and that might not go well. So you know what? on you. and Jump on my horse and do-do-do-do-do-do. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to respond to that. Well, what an incredibly painful day. It's not enough that I spent all these years just trying to stay alive. Now, everything I have has been stolen. And the people that I'm with, the guys that I helped raise up, now they want to kill me. This is a bad day. Say, this is a bad day. This is a bad day. So look at this right here. It says, you will, you will get through your worst day. You will Get through your worst day. You will. And if you haven't had a worst day, here it is. Here's a precursor for you just to help you. Because you will get through your first day. You ready? Here's point number one to get through your worst day. You ready? Weep. 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 Cry, snot-faced, ugly, tears, just weep. Let's close in prayer. went to church and the pastor told me to weep you know weeping isn't an emotion tears and weeping are your physical response to the fact that you're already experiencing either emotional pain or maybe emotional joy the crying is your body screaming something ain't right here everything in you is now feeling the pain of a journey and weeping is okay one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. I used to remember that one all the time because in Sunday school and they said, who's got a verse? They go, me, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, but how powerful is that? Jesus wept. See, Jesus was there, his very, very best friends. They sent a message and they said, Jesus, the one who you love, not the one who loves you, but the one who you love. We know how much you love Lazarus. He's not well. Could you come and help him out? And so the disciples were like, I guess we're going to go you know, heal Lazarus. And Jesus said, hey, chill, chill, stay here. He just sleeps. Oh, oh, if he just sleeps, what are they asking us to come for? Oh, hush. But he goes back, and it's four days, not three days, but four days. He's buried, done, it's all finished, but they're all mourning, and everything is sad. And Jesus gets there, and, and if only you'd have come on time, Jesus, Lazarus would be okay. And he said, Martha, didn't I tell you I am the resurrection and the life? Didn't I tell you that? He says, yes, well, the last days, and in and sweet, by and by, it'll all be okay. But right now, things really suck because you didn't show up for us. And Jesus, in the middle of all that, seeing the pain and seeing the misery, he said, Jesus wept jesus empathized jesus felt the pain of what was going on around him and jesus wept psalm 56 verse 8 says you've seen me toss this from the living bible says you've seen me tossing and turning through the night you've seen me tossing and turning through the night you and this was the psalm that david wrote after he was at gath after he had to feign like a madman Jesus wrote, or David wrote this psalm when he escaped from Gath. He said, you have seen me tossing and turning through the night. What was David doing? What was going on in that season of his life? He couldn't sleep. I mean, the pain that he was in, the the frustration of his life, the hurt that he was experiencing. I mean, he couldn't fall asleep, couldn't stay asleep, kept waking up in the middle of the night, kept tossing and turning. He says, you have seen me tossing and turning through the night. Listen to this now. You have collected all my tears. That's in several places in the Bible. You have collected, it wasn't the pillow that collected it. Jesus reached down and he has collected. Every time you shed a tear, he collected it. And it says that he's kept them. There's, there's bottles. There's a record. There's a record of the pain you experienced in heaven. There's a record. He has documented it. He has been there with you. Whenever you have wept and you have been in pain, he has taken every one of your tears and he's bottled them up. Isn't that amazing? some of you have really small bottles some of you have really big ones but you know what every single time you've gone through that pain he's been there you've recorded every single one of them in your book i like the apostle paul he said for out of much affliction and anguish of heart i wrote you with many tears several times the apostle paul said with tears i've longed with tears i've hoped for you he said i've been in anguish for you with many tears not that you should be grieved but that you might know the love with which i have and it's abundant for you psalm chapter 30 verse 5 it says weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning joy comes in the morning there is a sadness that is genuine and what you're going through it's very very real But we gotta be careful we don't let it go to grief. We don't let it go to the place where I wanna kill David. We don't get it go to the place where I wanna run away. I wanna hide. I wanna I wanna stop being involved in community. I wanna pull back. I wanna isolate myself. I wanna run. We gotta cry, weep, let it all go. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. You know, I Went and saw James when he was in the hospital the first time. And, you know, our conversation was was rough. I was like, man, I... You know i was counseling him explaining heaven future things how death worked uh, why he could be absolutely assured talking about relationships unfinished business in his life does god have a file of things and you know if you didn't finish reconciling with all the people would would he hold that against you we were in some deep discussion about what it meant to pass into the next place and and i was really trying to give him the assurance of that but then he said should i resist this they said yes We should resist this. It's okay to resist this. Death is our final enemy. And you know, as much as we're not concerned about death, because to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord, which is a far better thing. But right now, you got plans. You got things. God wants to use you. You got hopes. You still have dreams. You're still a young man. Let's fight against that. And I tell you, we went after it. We went after it. I started to see a transformation, started to see change right there in the room, started to see fire on his body. He started to sweat. And then he took off his oxygen mask, went and patted his face with cold water. He said, Pastor, I don't know what's going on, but I feel better. So great on a small group on a Thursday night. He said, I feel better. I feel better again. I I feel better and better every day. You know, I came out of that hospital when I walked out. I was angry. Even while I was with James, I I said, God, it's your name, not my name. Like, like, my name's a drop in the bucket. Boom. Nobody will remember me after I'm gone. But you know what? It's your name that's at stake here, not mine. It's not like Carl Thomas. Boy, he didn't get results. It ain't me, Lord. It's you. You're the one. It's your name at risk here. You got to do something here. And I, tell you, I just went after it with everything in me, you know. But I walked out of there. I got in the car. I started to drive away. And my daughter phoned me. She said, hey, Dad, what have you been doing? I said, actually, I'm just walking out of the hospital. I was just somewhere there. And I began to bawl. I just began to sob. And I went, God. Man. You know, there's people in this room. There's a pain in people's lives here today. And it's, it's heart-wrenching. It's heartbreaking. You know, there are... Things that can make you really sad. Things that can crush you. Things that are where you just need to weep. You just need to pour it out let it go. But you know what? Don't let it go to grief. Don't let it go to bitterness. Don't let it become the narrative, the elevator music in your life. Because morning will last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. All right. Next thing was be still. You ready? Be still. That's number two. Be still. It says, but David. But David I mean his his fellow said let's kill David but David David didn't say what are you talking about you morons he didn't fight back he didn't resist he didn't rationalize he didn't blame he didn't justify He didn't jump on his horse and say I'm out of here David but David he stopped he stilled himself right there he stopped don't get angry don't get frustrated don't get bitter just stop and get a hold of yourself. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I mean, I'm not hoping that you know someday in the sweet by and by life will be good. Someday in the sweet by and by all my pains will be gone. David said, I would have despaired if I didn't believe. I'd see, I'd see the hand of God moving, the goodness of God in the land of the living. Like here and now, God, here and now, I know in the sweet by and by that's great, but here and now, we want to see the evidence of your promise in our lives. And that's okay. So be still and know this, that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Exodus, when they were ready to head into the promised land, and he leads them to the Red Sea. you got a mountain on this side, a mountain on that side, and the Red Sea in front of you. And here comes Pharaoh. Oh, what's going on? Why did you bring us here? He said, stop, be still. He said, be still, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. Don't activate mechanisms of flight and frustration and fear and bitterness. Just stand still. In Ephesians it says, having done everything to stand, stand. (laughs) I've done everything to stand over here. Stand. What are you standing there for? I'm standing here for what I'm standing here for. And I know that God will be faithful. In the land of the living, we're going to see ridiculous results. I want to tell you, we're in a revival right now. I want to tell you that there's a move of God happening in the earth, and it's happening right now. Things are shifting. Things are changing. Things are going to move and shift in your life today. 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 Number three, strengthen yourself in God. Strengthen yourself in God. Look what it says. It says, but David encouraged himself and strengthened himself in the Lord, his god you know if you read back when jonathan came to him it says jonathan helped david find strength in god you know it's great when you have friends like that but here's david and everybody around him wants to kill him there's times when you're there on your own standing still in front of god you have to strengthen yourself in god and david knew how to strengthen himself in god in the middle of this tragedy, he knew how to draw on the resources of God. I love Jude 20, Jude 20. It says, "It says, but you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you don't know what to do, thank God we're a tongue-talking church. Thank God we believe not just in the Holy Ghost, but we believe that we need to unpack every single gift he's given us. And one of those gifts is tongues. And you know what? I love the gift of tongues because it says when you pray in tongues, you are building yourself up. Man, I feel stronger already. And see, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to God. And see, when I'm talking to God, it says, I am strengthening myself in the Lord. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to him. And you know what I'm saying? I'm saying the very will of God come forth in my life. Strengthen yourself in God. That's just one of the ways that you can do it. That's just one of the ways. It it says when you've prayed and you don't know what else to pray, when English will not manifest what you need to pray, it says when you pray, Romans 8 says, when you pray in the spirit, you are praying the will of God. So your mind is not active, your, your own intelligence is not there, but the Spirit of God is connecting with your spirit, and you're praying the will of God over your life. Isn't that awesome? Hey! Build yourself up. David knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. Psalm 84, 5-7 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I'm on a journey here. I've got things I'm believing for. i got promises from God that I am hanging on to. I am on a journey, and I am strong in God. I'm on a pilgrimage, and when you pass through the valley of Baca the valley of tears, the valley of pain. When you go through the valley of pain, it says they turn it into a spring. Rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Get yourself strong in the Lord. Just just weep it out, cry it out, let it go, but then stop and find strength in God. Number four, ask God what to do. Ask God what to do. Say, God, what are we going to do now? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've talked to this one, talked to that one. I've, I've checked it all out every which way. What am I going to do? What am I going to I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. I cried to the Lord. What am I going to do? In verse 8, it says, so David inquired of the Lord. Inquired to the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop and shall I overtake them? And he answered him, he said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail. You shall recover all. And that's the word to you today. It really is. Whatever you're believing for or hoping for right now, should should I pursue it? Yes. Will you overtake it? Yes. Will you recover all? You shall not fail to recover all. There's times when Stefan would come and tell me, I'm believing for all this in my life now. I'm not just believing that I can, you know, get my health back. Because when he came, his first concern was, they told me I'm dying, my organs are shutting down. I, I, I started selling drugs, but then I started doing the drugs, and, and now my body literally is shutting down. And, and I, he came because I just want to live. I saw a sign that said, healing, can you give me some? You know, his life was totally healed. Then he's going, wow, I got that back. But then it's like, what else can I get back? What else can I dream about? What else can I hope for? You know, one thing after another, all these things are coming into his life because, you know, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to believe that God's that good. The God who gave us water, will he not also? The God who brought us through, is he not also going to finish the job and do it well? He absolutely will in every way. So pursue, overtake, and recover all. God is ready to give you right now today a living word. Psalm 138.3 says, When I called, you answered me, and you made me bold, and stout-hearted. I just like that, like that. I like that word, stout-hearted. Don't you say stout-hearted. <laughs> when I called, you answered me. And you made me bold. And stowed heart. You see, God's word when it comes to you, God's word isn't just a word. I love what the angel said to Mary. He said, The word isn't just a word, the word has power. And that word that you got from God, the word that he spoke to you, the word is also full of power to perform that which God sent it for. When you get a word from God, it's batteries included everything is involved to bring into manifestation what he spoke over your life And it will not fail it'll prosper for that which he sent it. So you got to trust the Word of God I don't move by sight. See that's what Stephen said. I learned you don't move by sight You move by the Word of God. You move by faith in what God has spoken over your life Hello I got three people still awake Four people playing word games on their phone Number five, it's not enough just to hear the word. You got to act on it. It's not enough just to get a promise. You got to act on the promise. It says, so David went. So David went. He was exhausted. He'd been marching for days. And now he wept until he had no more strength. He said, so I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to overtake them. I'm going to recover all. Well, you know what? Can we take a couple days off and just chill for a little bit? Because we're kind of tired over here. So David went I mean David went for it he went after it right away so David went obedience is the acid test of faith obedience is do you really believe what God poured in your heart? if you really believe the Word of God you're gonna act on it you're gonna move on it because you know God's Word never fails so only the word that you do it's not the word that's in your head the word that's in your book it's the word that you do it's the word that you're acting on what you really believe the things you're doing the other things are just hopes But when you're doing it, when you're acting on it, the things that you do, those are where faith is active in your life. All right, number six. There's 43 of these, by the way, but number six. And this is one of my favorite points in the whole thing. Number six is stay sweet, stay sweet, stay sweet. I tell you, it's I love about David, look at this. It says, then they found an Egyptian in the field and they brought him to David. They gave him bread that he ate and they gave him water. They found an Egyptian that was almost dead. mean, he's not saying anything there's no hope they don't know where he's from they don't know what's all but they find an egyptian in the field i'm on the way i've lost everything i'm on the way to recover things and who cares if you found a nearly dead egyptian let's go but you know when you're on the journey think about what you may run into on the way Because on the journey, you're going to run into stuff. You're going to run into people. You're going to see things. You're going to have things take place. It says, then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water. And then it says, another says on the way you had 600 men and 200 of them literally said, David actually we're too tired, we can't go any further we're done, we marched for days I mean we got no strength, we got nothing at all, and I mean we're finished so he said no problem, you guys stay here so he takes 400 with him with the 400 they catch up with everybody and then they came back to this 200 when they came back to the 200, the 400 are going, well they didn't come with us, they didn't fight, they don't get a share in anything but he said no, whether you went with us or not. Everybody, everybody gets to share in the victory that God gave us. We didn't get the victory. God did it. And we're going to share that victory with everybody. So you know what? In your journey, whatever's going on in your life, stay sweet on the journey. You trust God. He's going to be faithful to you. He's going to bring it to pass. So on the journey, stay sweet on the journey and see that there's those around you that you can bless on the journey, that you can touch on the journey. Not only that, that Egyptian that they helped out, he happened to be a servant of the Amalekites and he told them exactly where they were so you know what, being sweet on the journey and and having your eyes open to the pain of others around you on the journey you know what God can speak to you in that and that can be part of the vehicle that brings you through to realizing your own hope thank you Jesus feed the hungry and the broken Inspire the discouraged number seven be thankful be thankful verse 19 says nothing was missing small or great sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David recovered all. Nothing was missing, nothing was broken, nothing was touched, David recovered all. Verse 24, he said, he has preserved us. He has delivered into our hands the troop that had come against us. You know, God is going to do this for you. He's going to bring it to pass in your life. When you go through difficult things, you got to trust him. And I tell you, sometimes the in-between, it can last a really long time. The in-between can be devastating. It can can just be heart-wrenching. I mean, David's going through all of this difficulty, and then here he is on this day. Now, it says, and it only got worse. Now, the people that he'd been helping and bringing in with him and then bringing them along, turning them into the army of God, they want to turn on him and kill him. But you know what? David believed that God is going to be faithful. When I was that little kid that got pulled out of the field and he prophesied over my life, that word has to come to pass in my life. God's not going to fail me now. And you got to believe that word over your own life. you got to believe the promises of God in your life because there will be trials. There will be difficulties. But God will honor his word. And you're going to reap a harvest if you don't quit. Don't quit. Always give the glory to God as your source. Number eight. Number eight, share with others. Share with others, share with others. Verse 26 says, here's a gift for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. David got so much spoil that he sent gifts to all the cities in Judah. And he sent gifts to all these different places. And he packed it up and said, here's a gift for you guys. Here's a gift for you guys. Because God just doesn't give you your stuff back. Whenever there's restoration in your life, you don't get your stuff back. You get more than enough. God is going to bless you beyond what was ever stolen from you. And God is El Shaddai. He's the God of plenty. And he's going to bless your life in a big, big way. He's going to give you enough so that you can bless other people with your victory. Settle down. God always gives you more than enough. 2 Samuel 2.4. We're jumping ahead a few chapters. But here's what happened. Now David does that. While David's doing this whole Amalekite thing and going through this whole experience, the Philistines did go and attack Israel. And when they went and attacked Israel, what you'll find out is that Saul and his son Jonathan were killed in that battle. So David didn't know that. David was just taking the worst day of his life, and he was just finding God in the midst of his troubles again. Again, I'm trusting God in this situation to bring me through because there's a promise for me. Then he finds out that Saul and Jonathan were killed, and it was heartbroken. He said, I can't believe that they have died as if. They died as if their shields were not anointed with oil. And he was heartbroken. But what happened right here, this is literally days after he wins this battle with Ziklag. Days after he deals with man. Days after, days after his worst moment of his life. Days after it, Judah comes down and says, come and be our king. Days after this worst day of his life, days after that, he is anointed as king of Judah. You know in your worst situation your most difficult trial you know don't run because you were a moment sometimes you were just days away from the greatest victory of your life and sometimes it does get darkest just before the dawn there were three anointings in David's life he was anointed as that shepherd child then he was anointed here in Hebron and then we're gonna talk about how he was anointed to be king of all of Israel but David could have missed out on this anointing in his life David had to work the promise of God David had to take these promises, even though he was brokenhearted, even though he was physically just devastated, David had to work the promise of God. And then the promise came into expression, literally days after his worst experience, David is king of Judah. God's ready to act that quickly on your behalf. God's ready to do something significant for you and in your life. God wants to do it right now. Shall you? Pursue? Shall you dream again? Shall you hope again? Yes, you should pursue. Will you overcome? Absolutely. Will you recover all? You shall not fail to recover all because all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. We're in our series King of Hearts. Today we're going to learn about a heart that is resilient, a heart that you know keeps on time and time again bouncing back after incredible adversity. Here David is probably on one of the worst days of his life but here's how you can turn this circumstance around. You're going to hear how in this situation God tells him you need to pursue, you're going to overtake and you will not fail to recover all. So if you're in a difficult place come on learn now how to transition from that difficult spot to a place where David days later was anointed the king of Judah so don't miss your turnaround because your resilience is weak so come on let's get into the word